Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. You're listening to The Zone with Justin Acri and Wes Moore in the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio on the Buzz Radio Network. It's beautiful. 11.39, Coach Zimmerman's hanging with us. Uh, appreciate Blair Allen and the folks here in Fayetteville at the Staybridge Suites where we're staying and he is with us as well. All the headsets working just perfectly because, well, I mean. Best engineer in the state. Well, listen, Coach, after 10 o'clock, it's amazing how all the equipment works is fine, but between 6 and 10, the gremlins come out and they crawl into the microphones and don't allow uh, things to work properly. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to say user error because, I mean, I know the morning guys know how to plug the stuff up, but for some reason they have more issues in the morning than we ever have on our show. Now, we do have occasional issues, and I'm sure everything will crash here in a minute. I just so think it's the engineering. I just think that's what it is. Could be. You need Chuck Barrett to sub and He's a tremendous engineer. The best. Well, he's been doing it longer than any of us, for sure. I mean, yeah. Chuck's, Chuck's the guy that opened the door for me in radio. I'd never done anything in radio before, never had interest in it, and I got a chance with ARSN to do the pregame tailgate with him and Quinn. So they were up on the desk, and I'm running around talking to tailgaters. Yeah. And, uh, wow, and I, I did I do some, know yeah, that. Did some postgame occasionally, just depending on how the game went, so. Oh, I, I was down that. on the field after the 99 went over Tennessee talking to this kid bleeding who had been hit in the head by the goalpost and came down and a big smile on his face having a great time. <laughs> so that was my first foray into radio. So yeah, Chuck, I did not know that. I'm That's always going to be indebted to Chuck. Yeah, Chuck's a great radio man, and he's he's good at setting stuff up, and he might do it a little frustrated sometimes. He gets slinging stuff around a little bit, but it always works, and he's really good with sound. There's no doubt. Well, listen, there's been a lot of uh, – a lot of things happening with the program. Another great season. Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, another Elite Eight run in this program. I, I said I was there, fortunately, in San Francisco. Got a chance to watch it. But um, that win over Gonzaga, to me, is the stamp on the re- the return to me. The, the yeah. program's back to elite status. That's the biggest win. And the Auburn game was big at home. But we're 24-4 and all time with Auburn and Bud Walton. We, we normally smack those guys. And, and we did again. It just happened to be they had a big number in front of their name, the number one. But the Gonzaga win was a big national win. Even throughout this, the NCAA tournament runs of the last two years, you know, it was more of the Colgates and the New Mexico states, and it was a good win last year over Texas Tech. But to go to the final eight last year, we had to beat ORU, who was pulling all the upsets. No offense to ORU or New Mexico State or Colgate or Vermont, but I'd rather play those guys than, than, than play a Florida or a Yukon or somebody that we could have been playing that were getting upset. It wasn't our fault. It was, it was those teams' fault mm-hmm. that were getting their butt beat by other teams. But generally you can kind of wear, with a team like Arkansas, you can wear down those New Mexico states and find a way to win. And the Gonzaga win, we were just a better basketball team than them. If, if they were in our league, I think they finished fourth, fifth, or sixth in our league. I just do. Nothing against them. Great coach. Um, I just didn't think they had the athleticism, the speed, the quickness, I mean, you look at Alabama, who finished 9-9 nine and nine in our league, middle-of-the-pack team. They go to Seattle and smack Gonzaga pretty easily up mm-hmm. there. And I, I felt pretty good about that game all week, mainly. But you can't compare scores, but you can a little bit. And it just looked like that Gonzaga would have problems with the athletes of the Razorbacks' caliber, and that was the case. And then I thought, really, when we beat Gonzaga, I thought we could win a national championship. I really did. And then five minutes later, Duke and Texas Tech ran on the floor. And you know you can't, Wes, you can't tell everything by warm-ups. But those two came out, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> this this is not New Mexico State. This yeah. this is not, you know, this this is not, not Gonzaga This either. is not ORU. This is not Gonzaga. Yeah. These two are men. They're in some men. And Texas Tech is kind of was hoping that they would get beat at the time because they had a little older men, mm-hmm. and we'd beaten them last year. Some of those guys were back, and they had some really talented players, and they got after your butt on defense. Texas Tech was tough. 
and they got beat. I thought that, but as the game went on, watching that game with with Tech, you're thinking, oh, I'd rather play Duke. Nope, I'd rather play Texas Tech. Nope, I'd rather play Duke. And Duke had men, but they were all 18- and 19-year-old men, and that gave me hope going into that game that maybe our experience, but Panchero was the best player we played by far. Yeah. Nothing against Jabari Smith. <laughs> There's people still saying Chet Holmgren is going to go over uh, Paolo Banchero in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Joe Klein the other day. He said, you're going to get fired if you take – nothing against Chet Holmgren, but you can't take him over. He's tremendous. You can't take Jabari Smith mm-hmm. over him. Jabari Smith is a jump shooter, can't hardly dribble the ball much. He's a freak at 6'11", can shoot jump shots. But, man, Banchero, he's bigger than LeBron. He's 6'10", 255, and built a lot like LeBron, and he's physical, and he can dribble, and he can pass, and he'll dunk on you. Tremendous talent, and Duke was just too much for us. So I had a, a reaction that was unlike Wes's, and I, he kind of slapped me down and talked me back in reality. So when Jalen Williams announced that he was going to test the waters, I mean, I think we all are still like, hey, that's he's more than likely going to be back. And right. the fact that he was representing the, the team on uh, national TV today made me feel even that much better right. about it. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know. I was just kind of hoping to say, you know what, I know I could, could definitely do that, but I'm, I'm going to be back next year regardless. Uh, I'm just fearful. And, again, it's a little selfish. I mean, we all want what's the best for Jalen. If he's got a, an opportunity to go play pro ball, good for him. Um, do you think just a formality for the most part for him? Well, no, I wouldn't say it's a formality because he's, you know, he's declared and he's going to have a – he's going to get some positive feedback because there's a lot of people that love him. And NBA scouts saw some of them at the Final Four. When I was down there for the NABC convention this weekend. There's still a lot of people that really like Jalen's uh, potential as an NBA player. Some, you know, more questions because he's going to be able to do this and do that. But – I think Jalen's going to hear some positive stuff. I do think he'll come back. I think in the in the days before NIL, it would be harder to get him, you know. But if you could go back to 2015 with Bobby Portis after his sophomore year, same age, with with Daniel Gafford in 2019 after two years, same age, is Jalen, you know those those guys went because there was big money in front of them. Name, image, and likeness matters. It matters a lot at a place like Arkansas, and Arkansas's doing well. In name, image, I mean, well, doing pretty well in name, image, and likeness. And so there's a great opportunity for those guys to come back, doing well in that regard. And uh, so I think that, <laughs> that you know, those it, that they don't have to go now. They can come back and do, do, do really good things here, and he could be on the number one ranked team in the country. And Jalen is a big key. Hopefully he does come back. But I do think he'll hear some positive things. Again, is it, do you want to be – where do you want to go? Where do you want to be drafted? And, you know, and I don't know uh, where they're going to tell him. I don't think it's going to be, you know, kids, people right now are so worried about signing with, I got a guy signed with an agent. He signed with an agent. Used to be it was a big deal. If they signed with an agent, they couldn't come back. This is 2022. And that agent don't mean much. And You probably have an agent dealing with your NIL who very well could be your agent when you deal with the NBA. 100%. So you can get an agent now in college. We never could do that before. And the NCAA has a list of NCAA certified agents. If your agent is one of them, he's got to do paperwork. He's got a lot of stuff he has to answer to to the NCAA. But if, if he's flying you all over, if he, it's very typical. Like Daniel Gafford, when he declared, boom, he's gone within a few days. He goes to Miami. He's working out. He's in gyms. He's with, with NBA workout-type people. In my, he's gone from Fayetteville. He's gone in, in late March. He's gone. And if you, you can still be gone and go somewhere and do workouts and be seen – and you're not paying for all that. But there's ways now that you can they, they may have to reimburse. There's different things that they can get themselves back right. And I think the deadline's like June the 1st. Mm-hmm. And so 
These guys sign them with agents. As long as it's an NCAA certified agent, these kids can come back. With the six coming in, J.D.'s leaving. Uh, Jalen, let's assume he comes back. Um, you get the kid transferred in from Missouri, which I think most of our fan base, our listenership, has been very excited about the yeah. announcement there. One of the best athletes in the league. What, what's Arkansas need? What, what else is left out there that they're going to be missing next well, year? Well, obviously Jalen's a key because if Jalen's not here, you need some more You need some more skilled type big. Um, if Jalen's back, you're fine right there in that regard. Brazil's really going to help. Um, you know, Kamani, you know, can, can help this team. There's still a lot of pieces here that can help. But there, there are some – I would love to see – we're going to get this with Nick Smith, you know, Darian Ford, some of these guys. But you saw it in the, in the Final Four. A lot of those teams had good-looking, big, strong, athletic 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guys that could do a lot of stuff. They could go inside and battle. Even like uh, Brown from Kansas. Braun, B-R-A-U-N, but it goes by Brown. Uh, Brown was an effective guy, 6'6", six, six, athletic, strong, versatile. He could go inside. He could play outside. He could hit a three. He could get to the free throw line. And we could use a little bit of that, you know, that, that, that type of big wing, first tool. If he has to play a little bit of point here and there, get it down the floor. Arkansas is going to be different offensively, Wes, Justin, uh, because this year it really became spread out. and We'll run a ball screen with Jalen for J.D., and J.D. was so good. And if you, couldn't, if you couldn't stay in front of him, he was going to the rack, and he was scoring, or you were going to have to go foul him. And sometimes he would kick it, and sometimes we'd get the ball moving and we'd get a wide-open shot for Stanley. Or you'd get all these flying hard to the basket, and they're so worried about J- J.D. that they're slipping behind, and, and all these is getting a wide-open layup or dunk. Stanley would get wide open. If J.D. is not here, that's going to that's gonna impact the the offense, you know, because he's everything was centered on him. I think next year you're going to see more, probably a little more structure into that. I, our theory is, before we uh, head our last break here, um, there, there are a lot of places that will be good landing spots for Connor potentially. I think there are probably a lot of schools that can use a guy like him for 25 minutes a game. You agree? Yeah, he's 7-3. You know, he's still talking to Coach Richardson. You know, Coach Richardson says, like, I still think there's a place for that young man because what he can do. But for Connor, he's got to get his shot back right. He shot it pretty good last year, and this year his shot disappeared. It disappeared. It wasn't there in practice a lot. It wasn't it, when I was there. It wasn't there in the games he got to play, and, his, and then he didn't get in the rotation. Everything with Eric Musselman? I don't care if we got 13 guys or 15 guys or you're McDonald's or what. You got to get in the top eight. You got to be in the top eight. And if you're not in the top eight, you're going to do a lot of cheerleading on the side. Connor, though, has got to get a shot right. Yeah. Coach, appreciate it.